1: This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
0: Joel Beats tried awfully hard for that second MVP, but he may not be able to get it through no fault of his own. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Good afternoon, Joseph. I am uh, fresh off a lovely evening at home. I uh, made a little chilly and, uh, you know, it all went
2: pretty pretty well. Yeah. What do you do with the chili? How aggressive do you get? Beans? I don't get aggressive.
0: I am not a let me put myself in as much physical discomfort as I can to show you how tough I am and how spicy it has to be. You know what I'd like? What's flavor. that? Flavor. I Wolf. like Flavor. I like it to taste good, and and frankly, Evan had uh, inspired me a little bit yesterday, and I needed to clear my mind, so I did that yesterday, and uh, kitchen looked like a war zone, but that's, that is what it is.
2: So you made the chili after you had the chili conversation with Evan, because I heard you yeah. two talking about it. I thought, mm-hmm. you know, you were planning on making chili, and that's what led to the conversation.
0: I was not planning on it at all, but Evan was talking about it, and I'm thinking, you know what? Haven't done it in a while. Okay. I think it's time. Got to go. You got to go. Ground beef, though. I went ground turkey. You know, again, I like flavor.
2: What are you and doing? That was a mistake. What are you doing? You Terrible did, job. It's too late for the whole health thing. I... For all of us, it's just, it's too late. I know. I, I mean, know. yeah, we can all have our resolutions. What is say? The twenty third. How many people you th- are still think are up on those? Oh,
0: you know what resolutions are? Empty promises. <laughs>
2: that's that's all they are. All I was trying to They're do. they just was Instagram look good. posts. Who yeah. are you? You're making turkey I, chili? You're not taking shots at Josh Allen yesterday? I know. You're I right. know. What happened? He's been kidnapped. I really have. This is like, the AI Carlin. It's got like everything backwards. Like AI Carlin would all, understand what I'm about. AI Carlin's all about like overnight oats, lots of mental health and running. <laughs> <laughs> really likes what he sees in the NFL.
0: Yeah. I, I don't want to be about AI Carlin. That's that's not what I'm interested I'll in. I'll tell you what,
2: AI Joe is getting sucked back into the Sixers team because I, they've been dead to me for quite some time as a Sixers yeah. fan. I just can't get over the fact that they cannot deliver in the playoffs, and it's right as rain. Predictables can be. Second-round exit every year, and now here we go. Here we go. No and drama. Right rain, no dysfunction. It's looking good. Talk and, and me off the ledge. Well, right as rain, it's usually right about this
0: time that a lot of Sixers fans get sucked back in. Right. Because the Eagles season is about to end. And they're looking around. And they're like, hey, you know what? Looks a little different this year. A little different. Maybe we got a little something here. And Embiid last night. Look, Embiid going off for 70 last night was impressive. Admittedly, I got there late. I probably watched the last eight minutes of the game. And look, he was going up and down the floor. And it wasn't at that point like that they were playing the toughest defense in the world. But clearly, He was on a roll and trying to make a point. And Embiid, you know, Joe, I I give him credit because he tries to publicly at least downplay the significance of winning a second MVP. The, The problem is you can downplay it all you want. He is dying to try to win that second MVP. My only question is, Is he going to be able to because of the
2: rules in the league this year? This is where it starts to get interesting. Joel Embiid has missed 10 of a possible 42 games so far this season. New rules in the NBA this year stipulate for all postseason awards and the all-NBA teams. So all-NBA first, all-NBA second, all-defense, all that stuff. Minimum 65 games played, and you got to play 20 minutes a game for it to count minimum 65 games played in order to qualify 64 games. You are not eligible for the award. Now this is the NBA's way of trying to limit or eliminate load management from the equation. So there is a good reason why this is in place, but for a guy to play, let's say something like 60 of 62 games and then roll an ankle late in the season, miss a few weeks and then be discounted from all of this stuff. It's quite penal. As they may say, it's quite penal. So Embiid's already missed 10. He's only got seven more games he can miss over the next 41 to make sure he qualifies.
0: You know what scares me about it? Because there is so much tied to this now, MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, all the awards, all NBA. Oh, huge. It's about supermax contracts. Because once you win one of those awards or once you end up all NBA, you immediately qualify for that supermax deal. Having said that, what I worry about is not necessarily losing out on the award. It Look, it would suck to be Tyrese Halliburton. You could lose out on an additional $41 million.
2: Yeah, that, that the, could sting a little bit.
0: That that would sting a little bit. If nice of you not to step up to for
2: him and mention that too.
0: Yeah, well, listen. Someone's got to speak
2: out for the 100 millionaires. I'm a champion of the people. Yeah. and uh, But
0: the, the point being, like, I worry about a guy like Embiid being too wrapped up In that, in winning a second MVP, if it's close down the stretch of the season, I need him for the playoffs, and he goes out there in his 65th game, uh, you know, two days before the end of the season, and he rolls an ankle. And then I'm screwed. Or he pulls a calf muscle. And then I'm hosed for the postseason. I get the intent of what they were trying to do, Joe, but they're going to regret this. I think the league is going to regret taking this kind of action toward it as opposed to trying to find a more sensible solution for making sure that guys play uh, when they can play on the road. It's a great
2: point, a great point, because I think that there are going to be problems that occur from this. That said, I think this is just the first step in how we eliminate load management and make the product better. What What we have is the NBA taking a step towards solving a problem. And what's going to happen is that they're going to improve upon that problem. More on that in a second. But in the process, there's going to be some unintended consequences. And once those arise, Mm. everyone's going to have to get together and then figure out how to make the tweaks. But we can focus on this, and we could say this is nonsense. Joel Embiid is by far the MVP of this league. How dare he not have a chance to win that award because he doesn't play 65 games? Well, I want to bring something up on the plus side. 39 of 41 and 37 of 41. Mm. The amount of games played and the amount of games possible to play for Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. The poster children of load management aren't missing games this year. Paul George has played 39 of 41 games. Kawhi Leonard has played 37 of 41 games and he's off an injury. Didn't he have the knee injury last year yeah. that sidelined him after a couple games in the opening round against Phoenix? Mm-hmm. This is working. Those guys are the poster children of load management, and they are playing basketball this year. Embiid and Jokic had a scheduled game last week. They actually went through with it and played each other. Last year at the end of the season, when those two were 1-2 in the MVP race in terms of odds, they had a game against each other, and Jokic sat it out. Yeah. So it. it there are some there's some big upside here to this rule. Look no further than the clippers. But to your point, there will be some issues, which is why this is a good first step, but I don't think we're done here. We're gonna have to tweak the process. Well here's the don't trust the process. Tweak the process. <laughs> tweak the process. It's what Carlin versus Joe says. That's right.
0: <laughs> By the billboards now. Right. Here's Joel on the prospect of not playing enough games for the MVP. I've already done it. Um, like, I, I
2: would, I've always now, said that I wanted um, to have a chance to get a second one, I'll do it, um, but I'm not going to force myself to you know, push for it.
0: If there's something going on and I can't meet the requirement for the kind of games play uh, to qualify for that, then so be it. Uh, but, you know, one thing we're not to do is, you know, push forward to try to make uh, the requirement. Um, if I'm healthy enough and you know, these guys are letting me play, they I'll play They're telling me, you know, you got to chill, you got not chill. Speaking of trust, I don't trust him. I, I don't trust him when he says, you know, if I'm close enough and I can play, I'm going to play. But... You know, obviously it's much more important to win at this point. I don't trust him quite enough to do that. And the reason is, Joe, he can force his way out if he's not happy in Philly. Everybody knows this. It happens across the league every day. I think Embiid is in the midst of legacy building here. And while he understands how important championships are, he also understands how important multiple MVPs are. And it almost feels like this is... That's the point of his career that he's trying to focus on at the moment. And if the winning
2: comes with it beyond that, great. See, I see it a little bit differently. I think we can trust him. I think you make a great point, but the reason I feel we can trust him is that if you watch Embiid throughout his career as a Philadelphia fan, Embiid has a habit of showing up at other big Philly sporting events. He was was out there during the playoffs for the Phillies. You've seen him around for the Eagles. He's embraced the city. This isn't to say that he's never going to force a trade or anything like that, but he's aware of what's happening around the sporting world. And I think... That if someone hasn't drawn this correlation for him yet, at some point it's going to click. He's the NBA's version of Lamar Jackson. He has had all the regular season success. He's made all-star teams. He's won MVPs. He's put up huge numbers. But he does not get it done in the playoffs. And right now, in the sport that's got center stage, Lamar Jackson is trying to erase that narrative. Saying all the same things. I don't care what anyone has to say. I'm not worried about all the outside noise, all that stuff. He's saying all the right stuff, but Jackson's looking to redefine his legacy. And Joel Embiid is well aware. He's already got the one MVP. A second would be great, but he will ultimately be judged when it comes down to him versus the greats, just like Jordan versus LeBron. LeBron can't seem to get ahead because he doesn't have the six rings. Embiid at some point is going to have to do something in the playoffs.
0: It's Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by our friends at Progressive Insurance. Your small business keeps you on the go. Progressive Commercial Insurance keeps your policy within reach with our easy-to-use mobile app. Learn more at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Joseph, in just moments, will the NBA regret this 65 game rule. We want to hear from you at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. To Carlin versus Joe Nation call in line. Get on board now. Plus, a day later, you have to wonder, is Josh Allen ever going to win a championship? We'll answer that question next. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. This is
1: the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
0: Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle cash, With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items
2: only, exclusions apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Kick by Bass is on the way, and it is no good, no good wide to the right. The Bills are only left thinking about what could have been as their arch
3: nemesis strikes again. The third time in four years, Buffalo's postseason is ended prematurely by the Kansas City Chiefs. Every season, if you don't win, it's a failed season. That's the nature of the business. It's one happy team at the end of the season, early. and when it's not you, it just it sucks. Joe, the more
0: I think about it, the more I'm convinced that Josh Allen and Sean McDermott just, they just may not have it. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Let's start there. I want to hear more from Josh, and I want to hear more from McDermott. First of all, this is McDermott just a little while ago on why they haven't been able to get over the hump against Kansas City and how they finally can.
1: When you look back to the AFC Championship game, our first playoff meeting with Kansas City, uh, it wasn't close. We were at a different point They were at a different point. And now it is close. And I think that shows you the strides we've made over the years. But to your point, we have to find ways to make those plays. We have to find ways to put them in position to make those plays. So it's it's not just one thing. But to me, it starts with that belief and I'm not saying we didn't have that but what I'm saying is is you got to go for it right you got to have that mindset in order to get that result you got to believe in yourself believe in the team and players have to be put in position and the players certainly um, need to make those plays so there's no magic to it but I believe it starts with having that winner's mindset
0: yeah it does start with having that mindset but how is that mindset communicated from the guys who lead this team from the coach and from the quarterback I keep coming back to the two or three missed plays, and we, we, to your credit, you were all over Allen yesterday, and I think he deserves a little more of the blame than maybe I was ready to give him, and here's why. Joe, when you're the quarterback of that team and you're trying to get over the hump against that kind of team with Kansas City, and you see how players respond to Mahomes, you see how they respond to Andy Reid now, for whatever reason, they're not responding to McDermott when he's trying to set that tone of, we have to make these particular plays. Is it the urgency? What is it that that catch gets made by Marquez Valdez scandling down the sideline, but the same catch doesn't get made by Stefan Dix? Like, what is it? Is it a certain level of urgency that is communicated in doing all of the little things right that gets through to... The players on the Kansas City Chiefs that for whatever reason has not gotten through to the players on the
2: Buffalo Bills. I mean, do we think the Diggs issue is coaching? The two things that come to mind with Diggs before anything else are number one, I from what I understand, he's been playing with a foot injury these last few weeks. So he's not a hundred percent. And then number two, uh, yeah. he seems as if he's been unhappy with his situation in Buffalo for the better part of a year now. Going back to last season in the playoffs with the yelling on the sidelines, remember that by the way. Yeah. Yelling at Allen in a playoff game, but when he drops the big pass, you don't see Allen yelling at him. No, Interesting his, how those things. Remember a few can weeks ago,
0: out. his brother was destroying Allen.
2: Right. Exactly. So it feels like he's had one foot out the door for a while. Feels like he's playing banged up, and ultimately he probably just wasn't 100% locked in. Game of inches, right? Like, he didn't make that play. That play was there to be made, and he couldn't make it. And given the way his season's gone, given the attitude we've seen, given the issues, given the potential foot injury he's dealing with, him dropping that pass, I don't think his culture, I don't think that's the head coach, I think he just didn't make a play. I think he's a great receiver who didn't make a play. I think we are reading way too much into what's wrong with Buffalo. They played a very, very good game that probably beats just about everybody in the NFL outside of Mahomes. That's what it comes down to. They made a couple key mistakes. It's not as if it was what we saw from Dallas in the game against Green Bay. Woefully unprepared, sloppy, dysfunctional start to finish. It was none of that. None of that. It, they showed up. They were ready. They went yeah. toe-to-toe with them, and they tightened up in the fourth. But yeah, that, that's the thing.
0: Like, when we say that Allen can't do more, He can. He can do more. He can figure out a better way to get those messages across. To, he can figure out a better way. Sean McDermott can figure out a better way to handle Stefan Diggs. I mean, Kevin even alluded to the fact that Von Miller wasn't exactly the greatest in terms of uh, what they added uh, last year when it came to chemistry in the locker room and all that. Okay, so those are some issues. You don't always have locker rooms that are 100% Uh, buddy-buddy at all times. And those teams usually find ways, uh, those championship teams usually find ways to get through that and come together when it matters the most. So I can blame Diggs. I can blame him being hurt. I can blame whatever else we want to look at, the injuries, all that stuff. I know that the Chiefs had as many injuries, and they, they found a way. And and I don't want to just like if I'm gonna talk about the greatness of Josh Allen, I don't want to just sit there and say, well, he's run up against Mahomes and then and that's it, you know. Like
2: I don't okay. think anyone's doing the whole greatness of Josh Allen thing anymore. I almost think that that died. Like we're kind of done with that. It doesn't. I, seem I, I, that's like That's my there's point. I'm done with a, it
0: now too. Right he's now. He's still
2: look. He. It, I'm taking that guy to build a franchise around any every day of the week. I. I We can't sit here all season long and criticize Zach Wilson and criticize how badly the Panthers may have missed on Bryce Young, and criticize the Bears and Justin Fields and how they've handled that. And then look at how Tua can't get it done without coaching and without Tyreek Hill. There are, and then look at Russell Wilson. How overpaid is he? Justin Herbert never falls under the right criticism. Trevor Lawrence seems to be skating by. Uh, Mac Jones is terrible. Daniel Jones is terrible. Mason Rudolph is terrible. Mitchell Trubisky, every quarterback in Pittsburgh is terrible. Like, you can't crush all of them, then see what Allen is capable of doing. That touchdown pass on third down, that was an absolute dime to Shakur in the end zone. And then sit here and be like, nah, nah, the guy just, I don't know, he just doesn't have it. He lost to Patrick Mahomes. Like Sonny Liston losing to Muhammad Ali, it's not like we were coming out the next day. Maybe Sonny Liston is not one of the greatest. Yeah, he, he, he's, he's not. He's not. We're stacking him up against Ali. Like that's what ends up happening. You go up against Ali, people get humbled, people lose jobs because he's an all timer. I want to
0: hear more from Alan. This was Alan a day later, yesterday, uh, after the loss.
3: Yeah, I mean it's it's surreal. Um, on the bright side, we woke up this morning, right? We're we're all here. Um, you know, losing losing's never fun. It's it's a part of the game. It's the worst. Well, second worst part of the game. Obviously, injuries are the worst part of the game, but. Um, it's the reason why you play this game is because you don't want to feel this way. But when you do feel this way, it makes um, winning all that much more special. And you know, this isn't something that we're going to run from. It's not something we're going to hide from. You know, we got to we got to take it on the chin and continue to learn and, and get better. And I know that doesn't. It's not what people want to hear. Uh, they want to see results. We want to see results. We're just like just like you guys. We we want to win. You know, and that's. That's the fact, and uh, at the end of the season, there's one happy team, and we're going to keep fighting and, and keep working as hard as we can until until we are that one team.
0: Well, you better fix whatever the problems are to be that one team because as much as we can talk about Mahomes being there and he just keeps running up against him, the other problem is that at least iteration one of Josh Allen's op- opportunity to win a championship, that window's closing. That window may be shut. It may be shut right now. And it's going to be another few years before we're even talking about that, considering all the problems the Bills have. It would be stupid of me to sit here and tell you that Josh Allen's never going to win a Super Bowl. But I will tell you, I don't feel great about it. I don't feel great about him and McDermott as a combination. I I think one or the other has to go. And for me, it's an easy fix with the head coach.
2: Let me ask you this. What, What people are capable of staying? What do right? you mean? Who's allowed to keep their job? You you want to run everybody out of town at every turn. You have it to run Sirianni out of town. You've run it to run. No,
0: that's not true. I said Sirianni should
2: keep his job. Sirianni should stay. That was what yeah. we said. I, I said Sirianni should stay for
0: another year. He absolutely should.
2: But then the argument was that they're going in the next season and they're just going to be looking to fire him all year. Yeah, that's Kevin Clark. He thinks
0: he's going to be pre-fired. I think you're going to have to deal with that narrative, and that's why Sirianni has got to fix it relatively quickly, given what his situation is uh, in Philly. But they just went to the Super Bowl last year, and I cannot discount
2: that either. Okay, so we'll keep Sirianni, who doesn't do anything as, as far as I can see. He's not calling the offense. He's not calling the defense. His team started to fall apart. All it did was get worse With no answers, but Mm -hmm. McDermott writes the ship, gets everyone together, changes coordinators in a positive way rather than a negative way, gets his team into the playoffs, wins the division, big comeback against the Dolphins to overtake in the AFC, wins a playoff game, loses by three to one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He's got to go. So I'm clear that's 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 the the what we're saying here.
0: Well, I mean, let's take a look at some of the quarterbacks that they've beaten and some of the teams that they've beaten over the years when they've won in the playoffs. They've beaten the they've beaten Mason Rudolph last week. OK, Skyler Thompson last year, Mac Jones, a couple of years ago.
2: Is this an impressive group? Is this is this within the Bills control? Do the Bills pick their opponents? What is can, within their control is I to just get watched over the, the Eagles against
0: the better teams to go win. I just watched win. the Eagles
2: get rolled by 30 against Baker Mayfield. Yes,
0: and they fell completely apart. But this team has a different problem. They keep getting to a certain level, and then you can't get above it. And you and I both know that there are coaches that can only get you so far, and that's what we're seeing with McDermott, and we're also seeing that there were people in that building that wanted to get rid of them because otherwise stories like the one a few weeks ago don't necessarily get out in the middle of the season. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Joseph, there's another NFL locker room that may have much bigger issues than Buffalo we're going to get into that in just moments after I tell you about this from indeed the new year is a perfect time to gear up and connect to quality candidates and there's no better way to do that than through indeed the hiring platform makes it easy to attract screen and interview candidates all from the same place their interview tool helps you schedule and conduct interviews right from your employer dashboard next to hassle start hiring indeed.com credit yeah. This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
3: The third time in four years, Buffalo's postseason is ended prematurely by the Kansas City Chiefs. Losing's never fun. It's the reason why you play this game is because you don't want to feel this way.
0: Josh Allen, I don't want to hear excuses. I don't want to hear, well, he was so great. Remember this play? Remember that play? No, he didn't win the damn game. Josh Allen will probably win a Super
2: Bowl one day, but we have to say that he's coming up short as far as it pertains to greatness.
0: didn't get over the hump this time again carlin versus joe espn radio series xm channel 80 he is one of our favorite guests each and every week he is jeff saturday espn nfl analyst who joins the show right now and jeffrey let's just start there how should we be looking at josh allen after this playoff loss latest in the division round
1: well, I mean, he's a, he's a great quarterback. I mean, that's I think that's the you know, the, the argument of that thing to me is silliness. But um, if if we're just talking about you can't be great unless we're counting rings, then Patrick Mahomes is going to stand on his own for for uh, you know the great. And so I, I just think that's a difficult conversation if you're trying to put people in historical context in their present day career. I think that's very difficult, and I think that. Uh, Josh Allen, you know, when you look at his numbers against the Chiefs, I think he averages like 340 yards. I think he's had nine touchdowns, one interception. Uh, but he's 0-3. He's, he's he's won five playoff games. He's lost five. Three of the five he's lost have all been to the Chiefs. A lot of people lose to the Chiefs, man. Unfortunately, you're running into a gauntlet with Mahomes, who has an unprecedented start with, you know, six years as a starter, all six years going to the AFC Championship game. That's just special company, man, and and uh, you know it just doesn't happen like that for most guys. But uh, I think you know from a quarterback perspective, the way Josh Allen plays the game keeps the Bills in that conversation and, and will continue to keep them in the playoff hunt uh, until finally he, he gets one.
2: What can the Bills do to take it to the next level to get over the proverbial hump?
1: Well, I mean, I think the injuries played a massive role this year. Obviously, defensively, they were decimated with injuries, and then um, you know, even as the the year progressed, just trying to find guys to to get in. Um, I thought the Brady. Listen, when when they went to Brady uh, after they fired Ken Dorsey, I, I was I was one of the loudest voices probably saying I didn't agree with it, but that was a, that was a very good move for for the Bills, and I thought McDermott deserves credit for that veered. I think they're heading in the right direction that way. I, from my, if I had my druthers, I would get a defensive coordinator. I don't love McDermott calling that. I know there was injuries, but even before the injuries, I'm just not sure. Um, you know, he makes you that much better. Uh, you, you know, as a coordinator, as opposed to giving that to somebody and him uh, just, you know, kind of being that that head coach that he has been in the past. But but they're listen they're going to be in it. They they are a good football team. They're coached well. They're sound. They're they have a good roster. So um, I mean ultimately you just got to get there. But I thought Cook's addition, you know, would you like to add another guy? Davis obviously being out was massive just because of the type of game that he could potentially have. Um, but but so you know, adding a receiver maybe. But but just continue to do what they're doing. They have a good roster. They'll continue to add to it and. Unfortunately, man, you run into my homes, bro. It's just, it is it is what it is in this uh, point in the NFL where it seems like every year uh, they find a way to get to that championship game.
0: Jeff, Saturday, ESPN NFL analyst joining us. Uh, they're playing the feud down in Dallas. The families are getting involved, Jeff. Uh, you've Bulls. got C.D. Lamb's mom. You've got uh, Dak Prescott's brother. you got Micah Parsons' brother. All getting very chirpy about the organization, about Dak, about each other. How do you handle this?
1: This is craziness, and, and I'll be honest with you. Not, this is this is of zero help and and all hurt. Right when you talk about like risk reward, whatever, however people you know judge decisions, bad decisions made by everybody who sent this stuff out. Like this is this is ridiculous. Um, these guys are much better together. I mean, Dak did participate in ha- helping CeeDee Lamb have dang near seven or over seventeen hundred yards, and and. Uh, dang, near 140 catches. That 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 matters. I mean, that's that's a pretty big help. Um, I, I think from Micah Parsons' perspective, and you know what the quarterback takes. There's there's plenty of money, and everybody's going to make a whole lot of money when you talk about those three guys. But you you want that to be the nucleus of your team going forward. And you know the last thing you want is to have in-house fighting, especially between family members that have zero to do with whether you win or lose games. And so, you know, bringing other people in the fold is not is not good. you got to get that out of the building and uh, get this thing back, hug it out, let's find a way to, to mend fences. Um, and, and let me say this, like I thought Micah did a really good thing when he came right out and said, hey, my brother speaks for himself, you know, so be it. I think all those guys, and, and I think from Dak's perspective, th- th- this just shows you, again, what kind of leader this guy is. He doesn't participate in it. He doesn't get in it, man. The guy is, you know, he takes all the – all the strays, and uh, continually leads this football team. I think that, you know, there's a, uh, a tip of the cap to him. But these guys need to finish this stuff and squash it. Uh, the grass is not always greener. And, and they have a very good uh, opportunity, and, and uh, they need to seize it and not worry about whatever else whatever else is going on.
2: Jeff, when Andy Reid and the Eagles parted ways a little bit more than a decade ago, the Chiefs snapped him up pretty quick. He made it clear he wasn't done coaching. He wanted to keep going. Chiefs brought him in. Rest is history. Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots part ways. From everything we've seen based on reporting, only one team has interviewed him. That's Atlanta. Now, they've interviewed him twice, but they've also interviewed Jim Harbaugh a couple times. And now they're bringing in Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator in Detroit, and they're interviewing a lot of other people. There's no report of anybody else being interested in Belichick. What do you think's going on here?
1: Well, I think age has a lot to do with it, right? Like when Andy Reid came from from, uh, um, Philadelphia, you you knew he was probably going to give you, you know, a 10-year or 8- to 10-year run, right, as long as everything went went well. I'm not sure teams are confident from that perspective of Belichick, right, is – um, you know, with his age and, and, you know, he's trying to get the, um, you know, the all-time win record, kind of all of those things that come with it. And also, that you know, like Atlanta, for instance, you know, with Rich McKay, you know, that, that that's probably uncomfortable for him, right? Like a guy, like Belichick coming in, he's coming in with everything, right? He's coming in with, with for lack of a term, guns blazing, right? Like he's going to bring his own people, he's going to bring his own staff. Like he's not really looking for a lot of, uh, of additional help. And so – I think that probably curtails because if the guy's only going to be there for two or three years, you know, the, 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 you know, how does this organization keep going and keep growing uh, long-term? And so I just think that may, that's probably the most difficult part, and I think that's the difference between the Reed and Belichick is just really the, where they are in their careers. Is, is if you're looking for 10 years, is, that, is Belichick really your guy? And, I, and it looks like most teams are leaning towards that's a no.
0: Uh, Jeff, Saturday with us. Jeff, we appreciate the time, but in 20 seconds, as a fellow center, I need to know this about Jason Kelsey at the game the other day. Is he the guy that maybe at the party is going to get a little out of hand, or was this just thirsty for attention? Lay it on
1: me. Oh, no, he's the guy. And listen, (laughs) he he matches – he matches Taylor Swift's energy. I mean, how about those two in the suite together like that that must have just been more fun than they know what to do with and then you see him. His wife's got to get him back in there, smack him around a little bit, hey, stop <laughs> acting like that, you know, put the shirt back on, you're embarrassing the kids, all of those things. You know what I mean? But, but boy, it's fun to watch from afar. You've you got to enjoy it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs>
2: awesome stuff, Jeff. Appreciate it, brother. Talk next week.
1: Thanks, fellas. Y'all be good. Nothing That's more Jeff true Satter.
2: than the comment about the wife. Wife's got to drag him back in there tell him to get his shirt on. <laughs>
0: That's why I asked, like, is he just that guy that maybe you don't necessarily (laughs) want to be around if he's had a couple? You you know that guy. I've been that guy. Yeah, we all have. Carlin Uh, versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. The Big D in Dallas stands for drama. What else? That's next. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio.
3: This is the star
2: receiver's yeah. mother saying very publicly, "Dak isn't it in all caps." We didn't. I mean, that that is the spelling and that is the right. punctuation.
1: Family matters, right? This is this is an issue, and it's is going to be an issue for that for the offseason. I will say, when you start directing people, that becomes very personal. I don't want to be talking about people's families, but they really should get their people to be quiet. Yeah, like this ain't helping nobody. This ain't no good for you. It's not good for the player. It's not good for Dak Prescott.
0: Nice. Very well done. I'm a huge Reginald Vell Johnson guy. Huge. First King time the- that's ever been said.
2: <laughs> I, that's not really where most people Listen, go when they're talking about their favorite actors and actresses.
0: But the guy goes from diehard to family matters. You I, give me that career, I'm in. Played a cop in both. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's not a stretch, but you get the point. He was great in Diehard. He really was. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. I just watched it at Christmas a few weeks ago because it's a Christmas movie. But anyway, uh, <laughs> what what are we doing? Honestly, I can't speak for you, but when any time I maybe have uh, run afoul of maybe getting a little uh, a- any kind of attention on social media, where people are screaming and yelling about something I did or said. None of my family members have ever been permitted to engage in that. Because here simply is would be my rule in this instance. If you're on the payroll, you're not opening your mouth at all about what's going on. And all the people that are around C.D. Lamb, Dak Prescott, and Micah Parsons, they all have to shut up. CeeDee Lamb's mom goes off about how Dak's not it after Lamb had 1,800 yards receiving this season with 12 touchdowns and 135 catches. He's not it? Really? Because he just made your guy a lot of money, I'm sure.
2: I love this stuff. I always love when the family members get involved. Oh, it's the most fun. I am on the opposite side of the spectrum. I would like to hear from all family members. Please, Jackson Mahomes, continue to grace us with your presence because you, like your brother, have achieved so much. We would love to know what you're up to. Like, I couldn't imagine being Patrick Mahomes and having to, like, pull that dude to the side and be like, hey, man. Like, do you remember after they won the Super Bowl last year? And, like, in the background, he's doing that Instagram shaking his rear end, doing the whole little dance. And it's like, we all see it. It's like, you know what? Live your life, man. Shoot your shot. Patrick Mahomes has opened up the floodgates for everyone to go out there and become famous. But there's something to this. See, this gives us a peek behind the curtain because we can say what we want about professional athletes. We're quite critical of them from time to time. A lot of times they're buttoned up and they keep these things in-house. Like, whatever Draymond Green was going, going through, is going through, was going through, whatever it may be, it's not just his team that was aware. I'm sure a lot of guys around the association were aware. And whether they liked him or not, they didn't they didn't speak on it publicly. Like dudes are dude these guys are capable of staying quiet and keeping that stuff in house. They can be a lot more professional than people give them credit for. But all oh, the family members, they're the ones that you go venting to. They're the ones that get the tea as the kids would say, and they get that tea, and then they spew it all online for the world to see. Like, this is what CeeDee Lamb thinks of Dak Prescott. This is what these people think of Dak Prescott. The family members are speaking on it because they have direct sources to that that locker room, and they're not going against it. It's not like CeeDee Lamb saying he loves Dak and his mom's going out there and going the other way. No siree, Bob. See,
0: what I'm fascinated by in the dynamic is which of the family members genuinely have credibility and which ones don't?
2: Yeah. It's a great question.
0: Like Stefan Diggs, And when it comes to his brother in Dallas, I'm going to trust his brother's word about what's going on because you know, player to player, Trayvon is spitting some truth as to some frustrations for Stefan because they're both in the same situation. Now, I understand where some family members may just go off when they see a lot of negativity toward them on social media.
2: I got to sneeze. All right. I'll filibuster for you. Do your thing. Camera, stay on him. Do not. I don't want that. There it is. Yes. There it is. And everyone around the world gets to enjoy. That's great directing today.
0: Not the audio. Yeah,
2: but the visual was quite nice. The full body shiver always gets us going here. It a is a shiver. morning.
0: It, it is a shiver. It is absolutely that. Um, I don't know why you hold them in. Let them go. Sometimes I do, some, because most of the time I'm holding it in for everybody else's benefit. Yeah, not on because, this show. Let it Because rip. if I let it go, it's going to register with some seismograph people across the world.
2: <laughs> it's like, what is happening in New Jersey right now? <laughs> Picked up a bit of a tremor.
0: <laughs> well... The, the point with the Cowboys is simply this. Like, I enjoy it when I can try to figure out who's got some legitimate information versus who's just venting on their behalf. Now, I will say this. Micah Parsons came out so quickly and disavowed any knowledge of anything his brother said. Here was his statement. Any comments made by Terrence Parsons Jr. are his and his alone. As you know, if I have something to say, I'm not afraid to say it. I love my team. My brother's on the team in the city of Dallas. Basically, what happened is that Parsons' brother said, you guys are going to miss him when he's gone because the organization ain't getting it done. How many people can you have? Like It's just a continued lack of control of what's going on. They're Can just, you just imagine for a moment that three family members in the span of three days went off on a Bill Belichick team?
2: Yeah, I, this is – is it any surprise that this team routinely underachieves, makes questionable decisions regarding their leadership group, and then has fallout like this after a playoff exit? Like, all these things are hand-in-hand. Hand. It's not a well-run operation. It's a valuable operation. It's a popular operation. It's not necessarily a well-run operation from a football standpoint. They're great marketers. They're great branders. They are not great football people. And you get lackluster results year after year, and you see things like this. It's not like they're all bought in, grabbing each other's back. Everyone's ducking for cover. Everyone's looking to throw somebody under the bus. They don't have good leadership in Dallas. It's been a problem for a while. I would really love for this to
0: start getting involved in the betting market. Like whether it's at the end of the year or midseason when a team's struggling, can we see some lines come out about who is the family member for C.D. Lamb that's going to step up and absolutely hammer the organization (laughs) or deck? Like, you, you know, mom, two to one. Brother,
2: four to one. Aunt Judy, 12 to one. Like, I want to see that. I want to be able to bet on that. We need somebody to step up and, and challenge Jackson Mahomes so we can pit those two against each other in head to head props.
0: Great call. Great call. Is
2: it going to be different for the Sixers this year? That's next. Robert Half research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half.